Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Rod Pepping. I love superheroes, like I said, I grew up, now I grew up in a time before VCRs or DVRs, and I know for most of the kids and teenagers in here, it's impossible to think of a time that you couldn't just hit on demand and watch whatever show or get onto Netflix or watch whatever show you wanted to immediately. But uh, when I was growing up, I had to make sure I came in on time, uh, got a bath and got dinner so I could sit down and watch. Uh, I remember Wonder Woman and Incredible Hulk. And I remember all those shows, even A-Team, right? I kind of clumped that in there as, as the superhero types. And, and uh, I just connected to them. I always wanted to be a superhero. And so I started thinking, what are those common pieces that we as Americans uh, really connect with with superheroes? How, what, what are those things? And so we're going to talk about that today. But uh, as you're all eating your fruit snacks and thinking about it, um, let me ask you this. What was the first ever superhero? Superman's a great guess. Oh, Flash Gordon is another great guess. Okay, so here it is. It's not, neither of those. Robin Hood, 1300s, Right? Kind of this idea of somebody who is fighting for the poor, uh, fighting for those who couldn't fight for themselves. Um, you know, so uh, Robin Hood comes around the 1300s, and then in 1920, Zorro hits the scene as kind of the first superhero. And then uh, in 1933, most people think Superman, uh, as he hits in 1933, ushers in kind of the golden age of comic books. And nowadays, like you saw behind us, we have all of these different uh, uh, genres of superheroes and all of these franchises built on superheroes. We, we, have, we have DC versus Marvel, right? And we've got Batman and Superman or Batman versus Superman. Justice League is coming out soon. Like all of these things are going on. My son can tell you all how they all fit together in the universe, right? And how, how this person plays with this and X-Men and all that. I, I have no idea. I just, I'm like, uh, I, I remember, you know, the old Batman TV show. That's, you know, kind of what I remember. But uh, as we move forward today, the question really is, what are the commonalities of it? What is the making of a superhero? What are those things that tie it all together? So I'm going to give you six of them, and I'm going to ask you six different questions uh, for you to ponder today. And so the first one is this. Every superhero has some sort of extraordinary power. Right? I mean, that's, every superhero has some sort of extraordinary power. Sometimes it was given from the sun or a spider bite or radiation or, or you know, Batman who had a utility belt, whatever it was. It was like that you get some sort of power. Uh, and so my question is, where does your power lie? 1 Corinthians 4.20 says this, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. And Acts 1.8 says, uh, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's this idea that uh, when we say yes to Jesus, when we, we accept what Jesus did on the cross, that he died for our sins, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. So the question is, why are we all so exhausted? 
Why do we feel like we're pushing a rock up a hill? Why do we feel like we're on a treadmill most days where we just keep moving through life and then we fall down in bed and we get up just to do it all over again and life is so difficult and gets so troublesome? If we have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, where does our power lie? Do we see that? Most of us don't, and, and I'm uh, just like you, where there are times where, where I start to get dry and feel like, man, I'm exhausted and everything's up to me, and, and man, if I'm sharing uh, Christ with my neighbor, I have to say it just right because it's up to me to save the world and do all of this. Well, I, I was in one of those times, uh, and I remember I was having a conversation with one of my mentors, and he said this. He said, Rod, you're like a fly on an airplane, and I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're flapping your wings and thinking you're responsible for flying that airplane. <laughs> Not a great, I just told him he didn't know what he was talking about and never talked to him again. So I'm... <laughs> It's not true. We had a long conversation and unpacked really that idea that how come I try to think I have it all, it's all up to me. And I start to try and run life on my own power. And so the question is this, are you tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit? Maybe have you said yes to Jesus? And then after that, are you listening? Are you being guided by the Holy Spirit? We sang this morning, we want the presence of the Spirit. Do we feel that? Or are we constantly trying to do things on our own? Are we constantly just trying to run life on our own power? The next one is this. Superheroes have a strong belief in justice and need. And this is what I mean by that. They're always doing what is right and fighting for people who can't fight for themselves. They're willing to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. So the question is this, what are you fighting for? Galatians 6, 9 says, uh, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. Right? Let us not tire of doing what is good. Now, here, here's where this can get tough because I'm not here to guilt you into thinking you're not doing enough. And, and I think we all look at kind of the big grand things like we want to fight a big fight and do a big war. And, and I don't necessarily think that's really what it's all about. Uh, there, I, I could probably come up with a thousand different things for you to do today. I could come up with all different places in the world to go. It's a dark world. Even probably in our city, there's a lot of darkness and, and probably ministries that need help. But that's not, uh, I'm not here to make you busy. I'm asking you this. Are you hearing from God and fighting for what God wants you to fight for? Are you entering into the battles that God is calling you to? Like I said, a lot of times we think of these big ideas of, of I want to do that, and, and more times than not, it's the little decisions every day that get us. Those are what we should be fighting for. Let me give you a, a great example of that. A couple of years ago, I was in a Walmart, um, and I was really busy. Who knows why I was busy? I'm sure I just was exhausted at the end of the day. I was trying to get home, probably to make dinner, do something. And I just, I couldn't be bothered with people. You all know how you get. You just, it's like, man, I just want to get in and get out. I don't want anybody to talk to me. I'm kind of done for the day. And so I go in and I've got like two things at Walmart and the lady rings up two things and then rings up this big box of diapers. My kids are teenagers and so I turned around and, and there was this guy standing there, this military guy. Now I have such a soft spot for military uh, men and women. Uh, I was in the military, so I know how tough life is. And I'm like, that's not my box of diapers. And the lady's like, oh, I'm sorry. And, and the Holy Spirit at that moment in time said, buy those diapers. 
And I said, no. <laughs> I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. And so I didn't say that out loud. If you talk to God out loud, put a Bluetooth in your ear because people will think you're on the phone. <laughs> Um, otherwise, it gets really weird and strange. So I'm standing in line as she's counting out my change. And I'm having this argument with the Holy Spirit. Buy the diapers, no. Buy the diapers, no. Buy the diapers, no. I literally walked out of the store and did not buy the diapers. Okay, who, who next wants to share? Like, let's see how bad this is. I know, I... I get it. I tell, I, I'm only kidding. You can, I, I get it because it's something I remember. And I think God will use that in my life from now on that when the Holy, it's, it's one of those things I regret. And I'm sure God worked it out. But, but I, I just tell you to, to say this. We don't all have it all figured out. And we miss it a lot. But it's those little daily decisions that God calls us to stand in the gap for people, to fight for people. Uh, maybe you're in school here uh, and a kid's being bullied or, or something on the playground's going wrong and, and you have to step in. It's the little decisions that we have to make day in and day out that matter the most. And so the question is, what are we fighting for? The next one is this. Every superhero has a secret identity which was always one of my favorite kids. Sometimes they wore masks. Superman took off glasses. And I was always as a kid going, come on, he looks the same. How, how can they not tell that's him? Like, what, doesn't even make sense. But they all have this secret identity. So the question is, who are you on the inside? And here, here's why I say that. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, it means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. Where do you find your identity? Do you find your identity in who God says you are or who people say you are? Do you find your identity from the truths of the Bible or what happens to you in life? I'll give you a great example of this. My uh, nickname growing up from my grandpa was Chubby. That's what he called me. He thought it was funny. We put the fun and dysfunctional in my house. So um, I, it must have been 25, 26 when I came through the door one day not having a good day. And he said, hey, how you doing, chubby? And I looked at him and said, you'll never call me that again. And so that ended that period of my life. But um, one of the things that uh, if you were to ask me well, let me give you one more example. So I had a third grade teacher who didn't like me. I didn't like her. I was, you know, I grew up in an alcoholic home, pretty tough child. So I didn't always have life put together. And she told me every day in third grade, you'll never amount to anything. And so when you take those pieces into my life and you ask me about my childhood and who are you, I, I would say I was a chubby little kid who did nothing right. Now, a couple days ago, I had to search through child pictures for something at work. They needed, you know, baby pictures and then teenage pictures. And I, I was a scrawny little kid. But in my head, because of what people told me, I believed them and that's who I was. It's led uh, to a life of kind of yo-yoing in weight. I never have a very clear picture of who I am when I look in the picture. In the mirror, I can be really skinny. I just see myself as this kind of fat little kid. And so uh, how do you erase those things? So if I asked you, fill in the blank, you are X, what would you say? Would it be the things people say to you? 
Or would it be what God calls you? And I, I get it. Those things people say that sting, those are so easy to recall. We remember those all the time. But God says this. My favorite thing, he calls you his segula. Segula means masterpiece. It's the pinnacle. It's not just a, a, a good painting. It is, it is the pinnacle that that painter can create. You are God's segula. You are a masterpiece. You're the one God loves. You're the one that God looks for. He chases down. Like Jeff said today, you're the one that God sings over. Are those the things we remember? Do we find our identity in those areas or are we finding our identity in the things people have said and the things that have been done to us for years? Who are you on the inside? You are a son and the daughter of the king. And you should always remember that. Now that's hard to remember and it's hard to kind of erase the bad code and put good stuff in. I totally get that. But it has to be done in community. It's so hard to do that on your own. So that brings me to my next point. Every superhero has a supporting cast. So who's your sidekick? Right? Romans 12 uh, talks about what kind of people we should be. And it says, uh, you know, that we should be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And it just is this idea that we want to be that kind of person. And so my question is, who, who are your friends? I told my kids forever, be very careful about the friends you keep. Because I know from experience I was always the kid that parents were saying, beware of that kid, right? And I usually didn't make my friends better. I usually had them succumb to my ideas. So I would tell you, boy, be very careful about who your friends are if you're a kid in the room. And I say the same thing to adults. And here's what I would say. The beautiful thing about Salem Alliance is we are a big church. We have a lot of opportunities. We have a lot of things to provide. Uh, it's awesome. You can plug in all over the place. The terrible thing about Salem Alliance is we are a big church. And you can hide if you want to. You can come in early, you can leave, or come in late, leave early. You, you can, uh, people will assume that maybe you go to one of the other five services around here. You don't have to talk to anybody. You could be here probably for five years in and out of these doors and you can be totally isolated, alone, and anonymous and absolutely miserable. I know life, life can be isolating. It can be so Difficult. I remember before uh, we came to Christ, Diane and I, uh, you know, ha ha we would take our kids to sporting events. We would do these things, but we just never had any friends. And we were always like, man, we'd watch TV and people would have friends. And I'd always be like, I want those friends. I want, uh, but I just don't know how to get it. I don't know how to, to plug in. And I didn't have any uh, body of faith. You, everybody here has a body of faith you can plug into and we have places for you here. So make sure that you're plugging in. Study a couple years ago said that the number one thing that has destroyed communities over the last 50 years is the electric garage door opener. It's because you don't even have to get out of your car, right? You just hit your garage door, you drive in, you hit your garage door, it goes down, you're in your own little castle. You don't even have to go outside of your house. And I get it, and life gets busy, and many of you have kids, and it just, it can be tough. But I would say that Having a sidekick will change the way you walk with Christ. 
It'll make all the difference. I have a Bible study that I love. Tuesday mornings, I'm there all the time. And uh, Steve Fowler has said this before, which I love. He always says, find people that, that love you and that are not impressed by you. That's my Bible study. They love me and they certainly are not impressed by me. I wish they were sometimes because they wouldn't ask me all the tough questions, but they do. But I love that we ask each other hard questions and I can't come in and say everything's great when it's not or when I'm struggling and they are always asking me, how's your marriage? How's Diane? How are the kids? What's going on? And I'm known. Many people walk through life playing a game of hide and seek when nobody is searching for them. They spend their life hiding and it can be a lonely life. So remember, who is your sidekick? Find a place, especially this fall as we're kicking off group life and we'll have all kinds of groups, uh, you know, or find a place in, in maybe your kid's elementary school or uh, I don't know, in your retirement home, wherever it is that you kind of spend your life living. Find those places to be known. It is so important. The next thing is this, every superhero has a downfall. Right? They all are getting in trouble. And this is another one as I was watching him as growing up. I'm like, you are so predictable. Like, you love the girl. They're going to get the girl. They're going to hold the girl. It's a trap. You don't know it's a trap. You come running in. The net falls on you every, every week. I'm like, could you not figure it out? I am so glad that you and I are not as predictable in our sin. That we don't get tripped up week after week by the same things. So I guess my question is this, is what's your kryptonite? Mine is donuts. I love those things. The other, I was preaching at the five o'clock service and I, uh, and I said, oh, I love donuts. It was my birthday the other day, so I went, I went to get donuts. And Diane, after service, said, you, you went and got Donuts? I said, yeah, I can't help it. She said, what is wrong with you? I said, I'm weak. I just don't know. King Donut is so close right down the street from my house. It calls my name. I mean, who doesn't like fried fat and sugar, right? Like donuts are just, I, I, wa I confess, I want to live a good life. I, I want to run and be healthy. But they just, they make donuts. And so... I just am powerless for them. And this is why Romans was written. Romans 7 says, there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Uh, Romans, he wraps it up with Romans 8 too. It says, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. All seriousness, some of you are stuck in facing your kryptonites day in and day out and you can't figure out how to break free of that. And I love, like I said, we have a lot of places. Salem Alliance has this uh, uh, program called Life Path uh, that is awesome. It has places if you are stuck uh, somewhere and you can't get out of it and you don't know what to do, man, there are places for you to talk to people and be real. I don't know what hurt, habit, hang up, whatever it is that is tripping you up. You do not need to be a slave to your sin. You are not your sin. You're a son and daughter of the king. And Jesus came to free you, to free the captives, right? In, in Luke 4, he said, uh, he, he said, this is what I've come to do is to set the captives free. You are free from those sins. You don't need to walk in that anymore.
But you have to reach out and find somebody to do that. So know this, everybody has a kryptonite. The next one is this. Every superhero has a backstory, right? And this is the idea of this, that there's some sort of tragedy or something that goes wrong in their life and it creates kind of the man or woman that becomes the superhero. The reason they're so responsible and want to help people is, is because what happened in their life, right? It's kind of this overarching hero story that has all this pain and suffering, but uh, we, we, we embrace their pain and suffering because it makes them who we are. Well, if that's true, and that would probably be true for me and you, how come we try and avoid pain at every cost? How come we don't like it when we're in the middle of suffering and, and somehow we have bought into the lie, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people, that if I just say yes to Jesus, all of my pain and sorrow goes away, right? Like I'm, I'm with Jesus and, and that'll make everything okay. I, I was on a mission trip one time in Mexico. Um, you know, in Mexico, the food is... The only thing you're praying when you're building a house in Mexico is please, because they feed you and you have to eat it, please don't be anything white. Please don't be anything white because that needs refrigeration and they don't have any refrigeration, right? And so we were on this job site and they brought out this thing of like mayo something or other and I was like, well, here we go. And a friend of mine sitting right next to me said, don't worry, Rod, we're on mission for Jesus. We'll be fine. And I said, that's horrible theology. We're probably not going to be fine, but just eat it anyway. And so, well, we were fine, but, um, <laughs> you know, I've been to Mexico, I've been sick. I've been to Mexico, I've been fine. But it's just this idea that all of a sudden with Jesus, all that stuff goes away. But, but if you read your Bible, I'll tell you this, the one thing that's promised to you more than anything in your Bible, suffering. Suffering's coming. We know it's coming. In fact, James tells us to embrace all of the trials that come your way. And so it's, it's this idea of this, that you have a story. Now your story isn't like mine. Maybe you grew up in a great home, but you still have struggles. So let me say this to you. If you've never had any struggles, buckle up, because they're coming. We don't get out of life without struggles. If you've gone through some major struggles and you're on the other side, you're going to understand this, that you look back at those things and although you may not have been grateful in the moment, you're grateful today because they've formed you into the man or woman of Christ that you are today. If you're in the middle of struggles, let me just say to you, you are not alone. You may feel like you're underwater, you may feel like, man, I am just, I am up to here. I can't get ahead of this thing. I would say this, no matter what it is, and even in the darkest moments, it's where Christ meets us the most. It is the place that I've found that I'm formed more in the image of Christ than any other thing is in suffering. Grew up in an alcoholic home. I'm an alcoholic. I have my own story. Uh, you know, I've had great times in marriage, tough times in marriage. I've walked through things with my kids that parents don't need to walk through with kids. All of that. And as I look at all of that, and my life isn't over and I still have troubles coming. But as I look at all of that, what I think is I would not trade any of that because they have made me who I am today. And I can look back at those really tough times and those struggles, and I can say, God met me there in very unique ways. I remember as a kid being dyslexic and struggling through those times. And so if you're here and, and you're in elementary, middle school, high school, 
just know that, that those troubles aren't forever. They don't last forever. And that God is using those struggles in your life to create you into the man or woman that he wants. And so make sure that you plug in. I told you adults that we have things, but man, if you're a kid and you're in C1 or C2, make sure you're plugging into those communities. If you're, if you're in middle school, make sure you're going to ride and to crash, right? High school, make sure you're going to access and flip side. Get plugged into a body of people because I believe that it is the number one way that we can walk through life. And so remember these six questions as you leave here today. Where does your power lie? Do you really believe that it's all up to you or are you tapping into the Holy Spirit? What are you fighting for? Remember, it's, it's, the, it's the daily decisions in our lives that God is calling us into the fight. Who are you on the inside? Do you still identify with what people say you are or with who God calls you to be? Who's your sidekick? Are you trying to walk through life alone? Or do you have men and women in your life coming alongside you? What's your kryptonite? You don't need to be a slave to that stuff anymore. And what's your story? Remember that no matter where you are, God is not done with you and he is still walking with you and he loves you. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? God, thank you for your story that we get to hear today, Lord. I just would pray that that we would see you working in all aspects of our lives. Lord, that we would understand that uh, the Holy Spirit is within us and, and uh, that power uh, is a power that we get to tap into that life isn't up to us. Lord, and we pray that uh, you would continue to break the bonds of the kryptonites in our lives. Lord, would we see all the different people that you've put in our lives to walk this road with us. Lord, and would we embrace the suffering because it makes it makes us look more and more like you every day. In your name we pray, amen. Salem Alliance Church is a community of Jesus followers located in downtown Salem, Oregon. And we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. You can view today's entire service online at livestream.com backslash Salem Alliance.